Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. Uh, twice every week, we continue to bring you this podcast. And if you haven't yet subscribed, do that now. You can subscribe on iTunes and get uh, notified when we drop a new podcast twice every week with topics for guys before, during, and after divorce and all things regarding family law. We've been doing that for the last 20 or so months as we began during the pandemic. And we want to continue to bring you educational and informational uh, videos, podcasts, and other things, including our virtual town halls that are coming up here. We'll have one coming up in July and August and September. It's free to register. You can go to CordellCordell.com and find out more information where you can log in and log on and ask questions live of our panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys and get answers right then and right there. So you got to go to CordellCordell.com for more information. It's free to register, but you just have to register to do that. And so we're going to continue to bring information on this podcast. Keep in mind, it's not an attorney-client relationship or not legal advice. I've always said that you've got to make sure to schedule a consultation with an attorney, someone who practices exclusively in family law like we do at Cordell Cordell. And you can meet with us on Zoom, WebEx, via phone, in person, however you want. You can just give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW, 866-DADS-LAW or cordellcordell.com for more information. All right, joining us today in the St. Louis Metropolitan Area office is Melissa, welcome. Hi, thank you, Scott. Well, one of the things that many guys, um, I'm sure they wonder, and a lot of people don't think about it, but age uh, and your time in life impacts the divorce because there are varying factors that traditionally you see uh, with that are associated with divorce. And you know, whether it's young, middle-aged, or older, uh, it really has some influence in terms of what us as practitioners and you, the client, go through. So I thought we'd go through some of that today. And really, let's start kind of at you know, the beginning. Younger couples, you know, what differentiates them? What's kind of the, the thought process when you're dealing with younger couples in divorce? So with younger couples, um, you're probably not going to see a lot of assets. They haven't had the opportunity to gain the money that older individuals probably have. So if there is a home involved, it's probably likely that it's financed. So when it comes to that, you really only have two, two decisions to decide, either sell or one of the individuals will refinance the home and buy the other out with an equalization payment. Um, in addition, there's retirement accounts. They're probably not funded with much yet, um, considering they're likely in their you know late 20s, early 30s. Um, and then Again, probably not a lot of investments to split up, and there's just less financial stability among couples who are younger, so not as much assets need to be um, divided in those types. Yeah, and we'll get to, I mean, because you think about it, um, our process is the same in some regards. You know, we file the petitions, we do our financials, we go through settlement conferences, set, you know, settlement agreements. But it's not as complex. I was just doing a consultation last weekend, or at least on Monday, which was recognized as a holiday. But I had a consult on the phone with someone who'd been married for 30 plus years, and we'll get to their kind of the middle age or uh, older divorce. But what you tend to see is younger couples starting out with lower incomes. They haven't acquired the assets, as you mentioned. So that means they probably don't have to be necessarily, for the most part, concerned with spousal support, right? Yes. Yes, um, maintenance, probably not going to be awarded. Um, and if it is, it's probably only going to have a certain time frame or period associated with it. Um, so here in Missouri, our statute, um, they look at the duration of the marriage. 
and then also the ability to seek employment. And younger individuals likely have the opportunities to seek additional employment such that an award of maintenance wouldn't be necessary. You know, in coming with that and younger age rolling out of school, I was just reading an article about uh, these young kids graduating from Ivy League schools that are saddled with debt. They're, I mean, and they're coming out with an arts degree making $20,000 a year, but they have $300,000 in debt. That's something you have to deal with, particularly that maybe you wouldn't with the middle or the older is it just comes with uh, the timing of rolling out of school is debt, right? With younger couples. Yes. And normally that debt would probably be considered to be separate. They likely sign the loan individually without their spouse. Um, but it is important to check to see if the jurisdiction you're in is a community property jurisdiction and whether or not those loans were taken out during the marriage is something that you might want to consider. Um, here in the state of Missouri, though, your student loan debt is likely going to be considered yours and not of the marriage. Yeah. So as you think about rolling into the next age bracket, that kind of that middle-aged couple, mm -hmm. uh, you may often find them in their second marriage, right? Yes. And if it's their second marriage, there may be a prenup that applies. So that's something that an attorney could you know, assist you with during a consultation. And coming with time and as they worked for a number of years, which means perhaps in like we just experienced over the last probably three to four years, uh, a really high market an investment market that is, you know, the economy was on fire, which means retirement assets or investment opportunities go through the roof and you see, you know, wealth accumulation, which means you have more assets in the middle-aged couples that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then um, it's also important when you talk with your clients about whether or not they have knowledge of the, the family's finances, um, particularly just to ensure that every asset is being accounted for, any stock options, grants, things of that nature. And then another thing that we'll see um, people who are a little bit older, they might um, have businesses. And these businesses um, could have been acquired before the marriage, during the marriage, but there's going to be a likely a marital interest that needs to be determined. And in that case, you're going to likely need to hire an expert who can value that business and then potentially decide on um, the exact number of interest and then the figure that they could buy out the other partner. So one thing we didn't talk about with younger couples, albeit it does happen and you do see it obviously with kids, but you certainly are going to have potentially the likelihood of dealing with custody issues, albeit they may be older with this middle-aged couple. Yes. So with the younger couples, they're likely going to see a motion to modify um, at some point during the child's life. Um, when you have a few older individuals, if the children are you know, of a more significant age, you're probably not going to have as many custody issues going forward. Um, might be less likely to see a motion to modify. Not that it can happen, just it seems that when children are older, the parenting plans and the custody arrangements seem to go a little smoother. And so with retirement, uh, you know, you I've divorced couples who were in their early 20s. You know, they made a mistake. They got together and they have maybe little or no retirement. And I've had this conversation with them by saying, look, it's not worth dividing the retirement. It's going to cost you $1,000 to draft appropriate documents to what we call a qualified domestic relations order. And you've got like $700 in it or you've got 1000 So let's just not divide it, which is the opposite, perhaps, when you get to these middle-aged couples who've had maybe five, 10 plus years to accumulate wealth, which means now you have a probably a different thing that you have to do in terms of dividing their retirement. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, and they're also likely not retirement age at that point. So anything that they had acquired during the marriage would be considered marital and their partner would have to split that with them. And then um, potentially another thing is multiple retirement accounts. When you're a little older, you might have had multiple jobs. They've given you different accounts and we have to account for each one of those. And so as we transition to the kind of the, this last group, which is the older group, and um, I you know you know that there are we're seeing an increase in the divorce rate for this generation, which is really interesting because it, it is not necessarily it's complicated. It's just that you have more things to do because of the time period that they've been together and maybe their age. Yeah. So we are seeing a dramatic increase in divorces, mainly among the baby boomers. Um, and I think that we're seeing that based off of societal changes and it being more accepted to get divorces um, versus what their parents may have experienced. Um, and these couples have potentially been together, like you stated, most of their adult life. Maybe they're empty nesters now, um, you know, waited to put the divorce off until the children were old enough. Um, you're going to see a little bit more of a financial stability amongst these individuals, and that arises a numerous problems. So as you think about it, they've accumulated more stuff. I mean, you know, we were talking with estate planning attorneys over at Tucker Allen, and they talk about it. As, as life goes on, you just accumulate more things, and that could be second homes. It could be just more investments, uh, whatever it may be. Not that it's more complicated for the family law practitioner, but uh, it's just more things to do, but it does provide more opportunities. I, was, as I mentioned this uh, consult that I did. We were just having a conversation when the more wealth you have or the more assets you have, the, a little bit more flexibility that as a practitioner I have in trying to divide things and maybe overcompensate for spousal support, but really you have just more stuff that you have to divide, right? Absolutely. More stuff to divide, um, more things to consider. So they're likely more around the age of retirement. So survival benefits need to be discussed. Are they going to be the individuals who end up getting to be the survivor? Um, you have to take in consideration the length of the marriage. That's going to apply, like you stated, to the spousal support or the maintenance. Um, was one of the individuals a homemaker most of the marriage? All of that's going to be taken into consideration. And then in addition, Social Security benefits start, um, I, I believe, around 62. And if your marriage lasted over 10 years, um, the rules are relevant to the benefits that you might receive post-divorce. Yeah, it is. It's more complicated in that regard because you may have spouses, as you suggest, that have been at home or they haven't been in the workforce for a long time, which means spousal support comes into play. It gets a little bit more complicated, but we do have Social Security to think about with uh, older adults who may be ready to retire or start drawing early. Uh, they may, may, may not be their plan. They may be waiting till 65, 67 or later. Just depends mm -hmm. on what you know their outlook is. But it does, maintenance does become maybe the more complicating issue for older adults who have been in a long-term marriage. Even if it's a short-term marriage, maybe it's not as complicated, but I imagine yeah. long-term marriage, that's the more complicating factor is maintenance spousal support. It absolutely is. And, um, you know, some of the other long-term considerations are, you know, whether or not um, their long-term care, if they end up needing to go into homes, things of that nature, that also needs to be discussed during the divorce and how potentially, you know, the homemaker would be able to pay for that if she hasn't had any, um, you know, formal education or a job herself. Yeah, I got to believe that, especially I know I've actually 
uh, divorced uh, couples in their late 70s and early 80s. And that's even more complicated. You're dealing with health issues, long-term care issues, as you suggest. It does make it a little bit more complicated, but it is interesting, as you suggest, as we went through all these, the different things that really age brackets, uh, yeah. periods in life bring in divorce. So it's it's good stuff. Thanks, Melissa, for uh, highlighting the, in a very yeah. brief manner those three brackets. I appreciate the time. Appreciate it, Scott. Well, continue to join us, as I said, to make sure to subscribe. Uh, you'll get notified every time we drop this every week, twice each week. And then go to our YouTube channel. It's full of information just like this, including videos, audio uh, recordings, and all of our virtual town halls that we have been doing since probably February of 2020. And we continue to move forward in doing that. You can go to dadsdivorce.com. There are plenty of articles. I guarantee that you'll find an issue that you're interested in. There'll be an article with regards to that. Feel free to give us a call at 866-DANCE-LAW. Happy to have that conversation, get in more detail with you and give you some legal advice there. And that is the only appropriate place to do so. As I always say, find a lawyer that practices exclusively in family law like we do. So until next time, have a great week.